0: Welcome to Please Expand Podcast, where we expand on topics pertaining to mental health, lifestyle, and friendships. I'm your host, Genesis, and there is nothing I love more than gathering around and having healing conversations that come from the soul. Before we start this episode, I have an announcement to to make. As we come to a close to almost two seasons of the Please Expand podcast, over 15 episodes, over 15 conversations with different people on different topics, I must express my gratitude for all of you listeners out there, all of you that made the show what it is, who shared the episodes, that reviewed the the podcast, that left those comments that just people who were always engaging interacting it really just made the show so successful and so rich in conversation so as we approach the end of the season i have good news and bad news so we'll start with the bad news this will actually be the last episode that you are listening into and it's one of the awesomest episodes i must say but this will be the last episode (sighs) Yes. So it is with a heavy heart. <laughs> it's not with a heavy heart, but, you know, just acknowledging the journey of where this podcast started and where it's ending. And I am sad to to say goodbye, but I am also so excited to announce good news because in place of Please Expand Podcast, we will be having A new podcast show co hosted by one of my good friends, Mitzi, who was on episode four of Please Expand, talking about her experiences. And so many of you resonated with her story. So many of you resonated with um, what she had to share that we are combining, we are joining forces, and we'll be co hosting a new podcast coming out very soon. So at the end of this episode, you will actually be able to have a little teaser, a trailer into what this new podcast will be about, as well as announcing the name and everything. So please stay tuned. Enjoy this episode. Thank you so much for all your support. Bye, friends. Welcome to another episode of Please Expand. And this episode, I have a really cool colleague with me, turned friend. Um, honestly, a lot of my colleagues turn into my friends. Mm, yeah, I see
1: that. Yeah. yeah,
0: but I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, joining me today is Nu Trong. Did I say it correctly? Yes, perfect. perfect. She's a uh, licensed marriage and family therapist.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. I am very excited to be here. Um, I am a therapist, but I feel like this experience, um, this podcast is just mm-hmm. going to be about my personal experience with spirituality, so no no clinical lens um, with
0: this podcast. Yeah, and I so appreciate you saying that. Um, mm-hmm. I know one thing that I have noticed is, um, or I guess one thing that I'm like, still learning about Mm -hmm. is uh, like faith-based therapy Mm. or um, like spiritual therapy. Mm. Um, But Mm. in terms of this episode, although you are a therapist, it won't be clinical, like you said. Um, And I just like was really called to invite you to do an episode, Mm. because we come from essentially different backgrounds. Mm. um, And we talk a lot about spirituality. um, And for, you know, I think only my closest friends uh, know this about me, but I've like recently gone through a whole spiritual awakening. Uh, So just like redefining spirituality for me. So I'm just so curious to pick your brain and to learn more about like your own spiritual experience and how that looks like
1: for your culture. Mm, yeah, thank you for having me. I remember, I don't know if you guys know this, but one of the first conversations that I have with Genesis was um I came to her room and I was like, hey, so quick question: Are you spiritual? <laughs> <laughs> and then that was how our friendship began. And then mm. I think you were telling me about how you were, I think you were Christian, mm-hmm. right? And yes. then you were just kind of going on your different path of Christianity and what that means to you, your relationship with God. And then Mm -hmm. I remember you telling me a snippet about your journey. And then Mm -hmm. that was when, that was like one of the first conversations that we had. So I feel very honored to be here because I feel like it's all came like full circle.
0: Yeah. And honestly, you're reminding me of that conversation. I don't like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, we did have that conversation. And I did say that I was Christian and yeah it's Mm -hmm. been it really has been full circle so much has happened in between that Mm. um in terms of and even like as we speak i'm feeling a little um like i'm feeling in my body this resistance Mm. to talk about certain things because the people who knew young jen knew christian jen Mm. like jen who is in church five times a week, wow. um, sang in the worship team. Like I went to Bible college yeah. for one year and I learned like some theology. Oh, wow. Yeah. So even like, as you bring that up, I'm like, wow, like recognizing how much i've changed Mm -hmm. and redefined what spirituality is for me Mm -hmm. um and so this this conversation is so important to have because i think that there are a lot of people who um question you know we're raised to think a certain way religiously Mm -hmm. um and then we get to an age where we start to understand uh spirituality and how it fits for us Mm. and it can feel a little scary to like uh to
1: go from the norm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that when you say that when you when I brought up the conversation of you and Christianity mm-hmm. there's like resistance to that and mm-hmm. I totally share your feelings on that resistance because even mm-hmm. the topic of spirituality in general I think it's such a taboo and a gray and mm-hmm. then in a world where we're all evidence based and I think that's yeah. that's the thing that's prioritize and that's the thing that's highlighted Mm -hmm. talking about spirituality is such a resistance to me also because then I'm very mindful of how I speak about spirituality because there's no evidence in Mm -hmm. spirituality Um, but I can also argue that it is because feelings are evidence and that just Mm -hmm. what we feel is it can be enough
0: yes I'm so glad i invited you that was so
1: great <laughs> some point
0: and that's the episode no, like, <laughs> um yeah so let's start with like tell me about your like spiritual experience and your background like what um like essentially religion did you grow up with or mm. yeah let's
1: start there <laughs> yeah so i was born in vietnam mm-hmm. and growing up i was just honestly just following the guidance of my mom and my grandma Um, so they both practice buddhism and so just a disclaimer i know that when people think of buddhism they think of like the happy buddha with Mm -hmm. his belly out Mm -hmm. but um in buddhism there's a lot of different buddha so there's one for compassion there's one for life there's one for um, mountains and waters and there's one for death but the one for death doesn't necessarily mean that he's bad like you know how for Christianity mm-hmm. there's like a Satan mm-hmm. um, there's, no, there's no such thing as that well not to say that I don't believe that Satanism isn't real but in Buddhism the mm-hmm. Buddha for death um, isn't labeled as bad. He's just one to kind of guide us when we die. Mm -hmm. And he's like the gatekeeper of hell. Mm -hmm. Um, So growing up, my mom and my grandma, I've always witnessed them like lighting incense, um, praying to buddha giving them offerings like fruits and stuff and so in my whole life i've always grown up with that so to me i think spirituality is very close to religion and buddhism for me mm-hmm. and to me that it just means uh, gratitude being grateful um mm-hmm. and just kind of connecting with a higher being and also it's a way to make meaning out of my life yeah yeah
0: um and thank you also for like explaining um buddhism Mm -hmm. because there are so many especially since the main um or like as we would say like eurocentric Mm -hmm. um religion is christianity Mm -hmm. or catholicism um it can be I think that's why there's so much judgment around mm. looking into different religions. Mm. Um, and I was watching um, like, as you speak on this, like I was watching um, it's a Netflix show called God's favorite idiot. I don't know if you've seen it. It's mm. like, um, it's, it's so funny, but it also touches on like such important um, issues in spirituality. Yeah. Um, and there was a scene where God is like giving a message to um, the main character. And, um, She's saying because in the show, God is a God is a woman. Oh, um, yeah, like you're that. like my attention. Is <laughs> um and she's saying like the message to pass on is like um, everyone has it right. You know, essentially, like because mm. there is this, there's this like battle between like what is the superior religion or like which religion is correct. Yeah, um, which was where I think I found a lot of resistance in in Christianity because mm. what how I was raised was like this is the way, yeah. the truth, the life. Like this is this is the correct way to go. Yeah. And I just, like, as I learned and as I went to school, I'm like, but there are so many people, like, you learn anthropology, there's people who grow up with with different mindsets. And so how can we tell them and impose our own, like, upbringing on someone else who has just grown up so different culturally? Mm. Um, So as you explain, like, this uh, essentially, like, a different concept from Christianity Mm. um, and how they do things... um, like I think of that, like how how are like who are we to say that one religion is true if mm. we all believe in this relationship with God in a higher being?
1: Yeah. I love that you're mentioning that. And I'm wondering, you know how you said that you're like going on a spiritual journey? Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, even with judgment being there, how were you able to like kind of not critique? Because I don't know if you critiqued it or not, but mm-hmm. how were you able to like redefine a relationship? with god that was so set for you Mm -hmm. um and i'm curious about that because when i grew up my mom and my grandma well for my mom uh grandpa was catholic grandma was buddhist Mm -hmm. and so mom my mom grew up with uh, just like practicing buddhist but then um or buddhism but then they've always taught me to respect other religions so Mm -hmm. they always said that you know there is a god out there there is mother mary out there um uh allah Mm -hmm. Allah Allah. Allah. and I was taught to like always just have that respect for Mm -hmm. other other um, religion and I would argue that they're all just like kind of friends Mm
0: -hmm. but and
1: I'm curious how in your religion how you were able to like find your own path even with with judgment
0: yeah honestly that's that was and it's still difficult. Like it's still hard for me to navigate those conversations with family Mm -hmm. um, because all of my family is Christian and I grew up very, very Christian, very much um, like asleep in the church pews. Like when I was little, um, (laughs) like that was the thing, like, oh, we know you, you were like, you know, you would fall asleep because your mom would be here late at night. Um, And, and so I think for the longest time, I had this weird um, relationship with God after um, like pulling away from the religion of Christianity Mm -hmm. Um, because I associated god with christianity Mm. um so now i'm learning to define who god is for me Mm. um in my own lens Mm. Uh, so where before it was like and i was actually reading um one of my old journals from high school Mm. um and it was and it's i think it's it's hard we we because we live so much in like our present moment or me um particularly, I don't know if everyone else does, but, um, I had forgotten the gen that I was when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I found this like old box of stuff, like high school gen, like literally 2007 to 2012. And, um, I had my old journal and during some of my high school years, I was going through so much conflict Mm -hmm. of like, natural development Mm -hmm. of a teenager who is gonna explore romantic relationships she's gonna explore like friendships and things like that and in one of my journal prompts or like my journal prompts and one of my when I was writing um I put I expressed so much shame towards myself and I Mm. expressed shame towards not being the Christian girl, like quote unquote, this is what I said. Like, I'm not the Christian girl that everyone wants me to be. Mm. Um, Mm. So it's like, so it's, I guess like a a lot of it has been like this identity um, and me learning how or realizing that I allowed this, this religion to, create my identity and who I was because everyone was like, this is who you are. Um, as a, a Christian woman, a godly woman, um, this is, you know, within what you're supposed to do. Um, and you know, just everything that the Bible says. Yeah. And, um, to the point where like I went to a Bible college and like wanted to learn theology, yeah. but it was never something that was actually me. Like, was that actually something that I wanted to do? Or was it like who other people were telling me? Mm-hmm. Um, So I really had to just like look at myself through that lens of who I was. And then now I feel so true to myself and so like authentic mm-hmm. to like, like, yeah, I will. I always kind of have been a goody two shoes, but that's not because I was Christian, you know, like, or like, I always like, haven't really loved cussing but that you know and Mm. so like even like being able to pick apart the fact that like before I thought like oh I don't cuss because it's wrong you're not supposed to like say bad words Mm. um if you're a christian um and even like drinking alcohol like um that was like such a bad thing it was so bad to where i was that teenager like if i saw my mom with some like wine i'd be like mom you're such a (laughs) hypocrite you're not supposed to be drinking yeah like i was so in it and like no, this is not like regulating other people. Um, uh, mm. because I myself didn't understand like what it was, you know? Um, I don't know, I feel like that was a long-winded answer. No, that means it's sense. so complex. Like Yeah, it's
1: so complex. And mm-hmm. there's so many different stories that we can go about it. So if you this if present Jen were to talk to high school jen, um, would she would she say that there's other versions of being a Christian girl rather than the one that she grew up with?
0: I think I would, if it was like young me, knowing how uh, deep and also it doesn't take away from the fact that God was such a, um, um, like a strong pillar in my life. Like I, he was such a grounding force and I wouldn't have been able to get through all of my like, um, high school, like trauma, my family, um, you know, dynamics. Like, I don't think I would have been able to survive it mm. or like had it not been for this relationship that I had to spirituality mm. and to God. Now I know it's to spirituality and to the closeness that I was like I was always looking inward. I was always like used prayer as a way to mm. like um to talk to myself and to talk to God and talk to like a higher being. And so that belief was so strong in my life. But I think, I think what I would tell her is to not place so much value on the teachings or like, like cut myself some slack and like show some more compassion because I felt so guilty about, because Essentially, in Christianity, like Christianity, having the thoughts is mm. like committing sin, right? You know, so so I think I would be like, don't be so hard on yourself. Mm. Like, you're not because I held so much shame, and I think so much shame about my body. Yeah. Um, I think also as a woman and a woman of yes. color, there is so much shame about mm. like, you know, being you. Know, we, I mean, as a woman, you know, like you, there's always the judgment that I think we have on ourselves. Also, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And I, I just, I think I would just be like, it's okay. Like you're still like lovable. You're still worthy. Um, It doesn't take away from your value as a person.
1: I love that because a lot of my clients who are spiritual, especially um, that are Christian and has Mm -hmm. this relationship with God. A lot of that, a lot of times I hear that clients come in and kind of question that Mm -hmm. relationship because you know, they have a relationship with God, but then they're also in the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And so, but the Bible says this, but then does that mean that God doesn't like them because they identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, or queer? And so I think that a lot of the work is just kind of, if they want to keep that relationship mm-hmm. and if they can redefine that or if they even want to redefine that and like how religion serves them because mm-hmm. i think that in the end i think being spiritual and being religious does serve us and mm-hmm. for you i think that it's like i think we're similar with the fact that it does help us make meaning of the world of our world that we live in
0: yeah Yeah. And there is always this like um, and there's a lot of research on it, too, in the LGBTQ community um, and this like separation of like, well, if I'm not living within the 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 definition Mm -hmm. of what I'm supposed to be as a Christian, then I must not like, you know, be loved by God Mm -hmm. or be worthy of that love. Um, And on a very, very small scale, um, because as a privileged cis heterosexual woman, Mm. um, I found myself not wanting to be close to God because I wasn't living within the confines or the, like the definition of what a Christian woman is supposed to be. Mm. Um, so I can't even imagine like the, having these other identities and trying to discover spirituality Mm. for
1: yourself yes it's like extra layers Mm -hmm. on top of so you're saying that like being a cishet woman there's already a lot of like layers that comes with it it's Mm -hmm. like there's just imagine how extra and heavier those layers were if we were to add like like lgbtq and um just like a lot like Mm -hmm. All these other layers, like on these, top like of that. this, like complexity, yes. and like how complicated
0: it is to even like understand yourself, mm-hmm. um, or like to have this closeness to God, mm-hmm. you know. Because I think that there's this idea, especially in the political climate right now, mm-hmm. um, this idea of like these are the values you have to have, and if you don't have these values, then you're not um, you're not in a relationship with God, mm-hmm. or you're not like. A closeness to God, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, but we all have this God likeness in us, you know, we were all created, you know, in that image, essentially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so even now I'm like, there are things from like Christianity that I'm like, yes, like that is it. And as I like define spirituality myself, like, it's just so complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious, like from your cultural experience, what has been the most difficult part? about like rediscovering spirituality for yourself oh i like this question
1: so whenever i think about spirituality i think it's so hard for me to separate spirituality from religion Mm -hmm. because for me that's what it is yeah um but i also feel like with other people you know other people who are listening to this that are buddhist i think they can have such a different Um, experience than mine so Mm -hmm. I can only speak on my experience of Buddhism and when I hear that question one of the things that comes up is uh, my relationship with anger Mm -hmm. so I have had just like such a hard not not a hard but like a an unwanted relationship with anger growing Mm -hmm. up Um, so growing up like whenever my parents would say something that would piss me off I would just like yell um, no, I wouldn't yell, but mm-hmm. I would just be very stern in my voice and my in the way that I talk. But then that also follows with guilt because in a Vietnamese family, like we don't speak back to our elders. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I do like hold my stances and make my stances, if that were to go against them. Making that stance would be followed with a lot of guilt for me, and then mm-hmm. as I get older, I think that's really challenging because I think anger does serve us a, a purpose, mm-hmm. um, especially being a woman of color. And I think that for me, even even with my family now, like if it's not if my voice and what I'm saying isn't guided by anger, they're not going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I, yeah, so I think that anger totally serves a purpose. But then in Buddhism, I think Buddhism says that strong emotions, not only with anger, but like with anger, with grief, um, we're supposed to just let it flow, flow within us. Mm-hmm. And I totally agree with that. But to me, being humans, I think it comes with such intense emotions sometimes. Mm-hmm. So just letting letting emotions flow and not being guided by anger, but then just changing that relationship with anger to me has been really challenging mm-hmm. um, and hard because as a Buddhist, I think that I want to be calm and just like have the emotions flow. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes just being humans is just, I think it's just hard.
0: Yeah. Especially because um, you can only control so much. You can only control your actions and your reactions and your responses. You can't control how other people. So like, I just imagine like someone is like coming at me and they have all this anger, like, How are we just supposed to be, like, free-flowing, you know?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I also believe in community. So that's Mm -hmm. not to say that, oh, if you're angry, then it's on you to, Mm -hmm. like, not be angry. I think we do it with community. So what has helped me a lot is just, like, talking about it with like-minded people. Um, Just talking about it, not even with like-minded people, but just people that I trust. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's within community that anger that that I'm able to change that relationship with anger. Yeah. And just naming it, labeling it, and just making it transparent rather than like invisible has helped a lot.
0: Yeah. Um and that's such a also that's so important because I think anger is is there's this like this stigma or like this idea of like you're not supposed to be angry mm-hmm. or you don't want to let anger like um get out of hand or and I think also like as a woman yes um being angry is like well you're hysterical now mm-hmm. or are you on your period yes while, you know and absolutely sometimes yeah I am on my period but it doesn't take away from the emotion that is actually coming up right now yes um, and I love that you mentioned that because I wasn't even like thinking about anger and I'm just like thinking about all the times that I get angry and yeah. like in my own relationship with it with anger and how like they and I don't know if this felt similar to you but Mm. because of I was also taught like you don't uh you don't like yell at your elders um so I'm just like having flashbacks of so many moments that I had to bite my tongue Mm. but I was feeling this anger Mm. um or just like this even now like in my relationship with Nick and how I how I express my anger, Um, there's remnants of how, like, I was raised to express anger, um, which was, like, you don't show it, or Mm. you don't, like, let it come up, Um, but that can create such a, like, difficulty in, like, just wanting to express a natural emotion.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's, I love what you said, because then I... I don't want to replicate the fact that we're sh- we're not supposed to show anger mm-hmm. because I think that anger is there for a reason, especially mm-hmm. with the political climate that's going on. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people are angry right now, and I mm-hmm. I want to one hundred percent honor that anger. Um, but then, for me personally, I think where it's conflicting is because in Buddhism, it's it's to kind of let the anger flow. Um, mm-hmm. But then I also believe that. Anger serves a purpose. Mm-hmm. And right now where I am in life is I think that both of those ideas can coexist, um, that we we can be angry and that, um, that anger serves a purpose. And also at times when it benefits the relationship, like mm-hmm. you and Nick, just mm-hmm. letting that flow, yeah. because anger definitely gets in the way of me and uh, my fiance's relationship. Mm-hmm. And then I think those times when I honor the relationship, it's best to let anger flow Mm -hmm. anger serves a purpose
0: like um if you feel angry that means that's a signal your body is telling you like there's something that you're not okay with Mm -hmm. and maybe it's time to communicate that yes yes
1: and it's in communicating the anger or whatever is there that i think is the most important rather than just letting it go invisible Mm -hmm. um in the relationship
0: yeah you mentioned um like the free flowingness of it yeah um how would anger look like when it's in a in a flowing state, when you just let it flow? Oh,
1: that's a really good question. Like in your personal experience, <laughs> yeah. So I actually read this book by Titna Han, and mm-hmm. he is a Buddhist monk, but then he also practices mindfulness a lot. And so i I just don't want to replicate this idea that all the problems can be, Um, solved through you being mindful because I I think that's such like an individualistic perspective Mm -hmm. and again I I believe in community but just for me reading that book he talks about how when anger shows up um, just paying attention to your body and your your breath has helped a lot Mm -hmm. Um, so when I notice anger being there especially when it's between Eric and I I would just kind of just pay attention to my own breathing Mm -hmm. and that has helped just bringing it back Mm -hmm. instead of being guided by it and just letting that flow happen yeah Um, that's been really hard for me I don't know if if that experience has been like that for you but Mm -hmm. you know how they say like mind body soul Mm -hmm. I am so bad and I feel so disconnected from my body because Mm -hmm. everything happens in my mind Mm -hmm. so for me just taking a step back and flowing means to be in touch with my body again
0: yes I love that you mentioned that there is so much power in noticing what your body is experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I got into grad school that I was like, where people were like saying, if they were like identifying like as they were speaking, they're like, I'm just feeling like a quiver in my voice as I say mm-hmm. this. Um, mm-hmm. But to be able to label that mm-hmm. um, brings so much like even clarity and connection back to yourself. Because as many, when you said like, it, everything happens in your head yeah. that is the same thing for me like my like anger just like so it's like a snowball effect yes. you know and then it's like i'm telling myself all of these assumptions or i'm just like now everything is like annoying me or making yes. me angry um but if we do allow ourselves to just like sit con- reconnect and like okay this anger is like my breathing is is becoming quicker mm-hmm. or i'm feeling myself like um you know just like shivering up. more yeah. yeah or tensing or like my jaws clenching um we do kind of we are able to connect back to that yeah i love that yeah yeah that's such a good tip everyone <laughs> and it comes from a book okay <laughs> so i guess then my other like you mentioned a little bit like this mind body soul connection yes. um and you did say that like for you it's been a little it has been a little more difficult to Mm -hmm. like connect to your body. Um, Mm -hmm. And I can relate in that way. Like, I think also if you, I don't know if this is true for you, but if there is trauma that Mm -hmm. like, if your body has experienced trauma, we, we, come to believe that maybe we don't, we can't trust the signals of our body. Mm. Um, especially if you're, you know, it happened when you were younger. Um, and so I found myself lately and just like, um, the trauma of like giving birth and mm. then like my back injury, I found myself not trusting myself, mm. um, and feeling it in my body. Um, to even where like, uh, I think like Nick was hugging me the other week and I felt myself being uh tense and it wasn't until i was able to like notice that tenseness in my body was able to like lean in and just like relax Mm. um i'm wondering for you like how do you connect deeper to yourself
1: so lately so my my grandma recently passed Mm -hmm. and in buddhism our um what is it called our ritual tradition is Mm -hmm. that we vegetarian from the day that they pass to the next 49 days Mm -hmm. and that's to kind of guide their souls to be to follow the right path after after they they um die Mm -hmm. and so with being vegetarian it's been 49 days and then i feel like my body has responded really well to that Mm -hmm. um since i've been vegetarian i don't know if it's my grandma passing or being vegetarian or just both i feel like there's more clarity um that's that i don't know how else to describe that it's just like this feeling this like clarity that happened um so i've noticed that recently Mm -hmm. but normally i think it's through conversations conversations with like people that really understands me and that Mm -hmm. i connect with that i'm able to like get clarity and Mm -hmm. i think it's through conversations and community where um, that connection happens for me. Yeah. But I love that you use that word because I think that's really important for me, um, mm-hmm. being genuinely connected to people. Um, so I feel like with my work with clients, I find that if that, that connection is missing, I feel like off. I feel like the mm. the relationship is off without that connection.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the work is like, um, working with energy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then it also, so one thing I, so I love that you mentioned, um, that like being vegan has brought this like sense of clarity vegetarian vegetarian sorry sorry. yeah uh being vegetarian has brought this sense of clarity Mm. uh because I it reminds me of um like when people say like you have to feed your mind your body and your soul um or like you have to be careful with what you feed your mind your body your soul Mm. um and so just like there is that connection of like whatever you are eating um and i've even seen like some tiktoks um about right <laughs> I, I mean i TikToks. read i read an article <laughs> oh. um <laughs> it is really a tiktok um t- talking about like the how when we eat um like meat or mm-hmm. you know when we're eating something that's coming from an animal um a lot of the ways that they're treated like that energy is stuck in that meat and so we're like Mm. essentially like eating that um and you know blessing your food and asking for like that blessing can kind of like clear some of that energy but it, it does like food is so Um, it impacts so much of your well-being, not just physically, but um, like even anyone who has probably switched into like they started working out and now Mm. they're on a meal plan and they're eating a lot healthier or less uh, calorie intake or whatever it may be. They feel this like surge of energy um, Mm. because of their diet. Um, So I love that you mentioned that because it is so important uh, to have that connection with ourselves. And sometimes we take food out of that picture Mm. um especially if we've grown up in America where it's like fast food and like um how diet culture can be so toxic yes Um, but that's such an important point it's like
1: Food is a way to connect with ourselves. Mm, absolutely, I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was really hesitant on mentioning that because I think mm-hmm. that food and being vegetarian is such like a privileged thing. Yeah, that I'm able to have access to. Mm-hmm. Um, and in no way am I saying that you're not. This is like the only way of connecting mm-hmm. to yourself. Mm-hmm. But I find that that's the change in me. And I think that with food, I I totally agree with you that mm-hmm. it is a way of connecting to yourself. But also, I think that it's such like. I, I think that it's a privileged position to be in to have access to all this. Yes, yes. And
0: and it really is. Like, it really is, especially with, like, but I think the idea around, like, being a little bit more conscious around your food choices Mm -hmm. um, or even just, like, having, um, like, a little bit of mindfulness around Mm -hmm. that is is a way to connect. Like, maybe it's not necessary because I don't think I could ever give up. me. I'm not going to lie. Like, I personally, you know, like, I love it, but it doesn't. Take away from me being able to connect to connect to my body because yeah. also we all have different body types, exactly. You know? Yeah, and so some yes. people might thrive on a vegetarian diet, mm. and some people might not, or like vice versa. Um, like it's not for everyone, but I think like the main point is that food can be a way to connect back to your body, mm-hmm. especially because that's what we are are feeding ourselves.
1: Yes, and I love that you said that not every everyone has like different body types mm-hmm. because you know how there's so much like uh, different diets going on like keto mm-hmm. diet, um, like no carbs. I think some people eat like only meat. Mm-hmm. So many different diets, and I think that there's not one diet plan that fits everyone mm-hmm. so I, I totally agree with you where i think that it's just like finding the one that feels good for your body yeah and yeah that reminds me like eric would try i think he's tried so many different types of diet but then for him the one that resonates with him is just like he would like fast mm-hmm. and then um you would fast for lunch he would only have one meal um for breakfast he would fast for lunch and then he'll have another meal for dinner and then Mm. that's when he feels like really good but he's tried so many other diets before that um through youtube and um just like other other avenues but Mm. he's found that that diet has worked for him but it's taken like multiple attempts to get there it's just like a whole other layer Mm. yeah how did you maneuver that relationship with like food and, and shame
0: Oh, yeah, that was – when I was younger, it wasn't until I was, like, 23 that I feel like I actually started breaking out of my old limiting beliefs about my body. Mm. Um, But when I was – I mean, we learn our relationship through food through our parents. Mm. Um, So what I learned was, like, I would overindulge in food, Mm. um, and then I would be, like – I would tell myself like, oh, you're not supposed to like be this way. You're not supposed to like – I really thought like I had such a big body. Like I thought I was like – I had so much shame that I was holding on and then I would just like eat. Um, I don't know if that's answering the question, but I I feel like I – I don't know. Like I'm thinking back like how did I maneuver that relationship with food? Yeah. Um, I It felt to me more like I would just like – I would just want to eat everything. Like mm-hmm. I would, if something tasted good, like I wanted to eat it. Yeah. Um, and then just culturally, like I would, if there was something in my plate, like my grandma would be like, you have to finish everything on your plate. So I would just finish everything on my plate. Um, and even now, like as an adult, I had difficulty, like not finishing things on my plate so now what I do is I just take the food out of like I I have to remove it from like my vicinity because Mm. I will keep eating it um Mm. because it's in front of me Mm. or now what we do is I will Nick had the tendency to bring the whole like um let's say we had chips he would bring the whole bag of chips and so I started putting um, chips in a bowl. Mm. Um, because if we really wanted more then we would have to get up and pour ourselves more chips Mm. rather than if they're just there, we're just going to keep eating it. Yeah. Um, so I think connecting like more recently, like connecting to those cues that my body is giving me, Mm. um, and then really checking in with myself, like, are you hungry? Or do you just like,
1: are you just overindulging now? Or are you just eating because it's in front of you? Oh, that's so interesting and I, I, I'm wondering like how you trust that how you trust your body yeah. um, and how that relationship looks like I totally relate with you though because I mm-hmm. think that Vietnamese culture is very similar where mm-hmm. um, growing up like my parents will always make comments about my body whether it's mm-hmm. like oh um, it looks like you've gained a couple pounds or you are you look like a stick always something yeah. about your body so I think definitely having to like change that relationship mm-hmm. um, was, was something that I also had to navigate but yeah. how, how do you trust your body um given that you've had to like maneuver the the conversations that you've been told by your family
0: yeah and I think it also like it kind of goes back to like what we were talking about this mind-body connection Mm. and like um connecting to your body and like reading its cues or like checking in with it um for me it was always this like feeling the fullness Mm. um but something so obvious like for me it was very obvious I would say I'm so full and some of my like old friends, like my high school friend for sure, would tell me her name is Yadi. She does my hair. She's the best. You're <laughs> shooting by <out>, Yadi. <laughs> yeah, shout out. um She would always be. And if we were at parties, like birthday party, whatever, I would. I literally, I'm the person that will get every single thing that they're serving mm. and I will overfill my plate because I definitely eat with my eyes, you know, not with oh my, my stomach. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I would literally say like, I'm full and then I would keep eating. Um, so that was an obvious cue that I was saying, like I was verbally saying like, I'm full. Yeah. Um, but also just like checking in, like with my belly, like if my belly's already feeling mm-hmm. like full, Um, And then asking myself, I always think back, like, I think it was like something that I read, like, if you're really hungry, you know that like you can test the difference between like if you're really hungry or if you're just bored by eating an apple. Mm. Like if you eat an apple and you are like already full, then maybe you're just bored and you just want to eat. Oh, I've never heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. But like an apple, essentially, it's not it's not meant to fill you up. It's kind of like a snack. Right. so I kind of always check in with that. Like, I always ask myself, am I full or am I bored? Like, mm. what what is my uh, reasoning behind wanting to eat? Mm. Um, and sometimes also it's, like, not being restrictive in that sense. Like, if I'm bored and I'm, like, I'm okay with owning up to the fact that I'm just going to go and have a bunch of snacks, you yeah. know, like, I'm going to allow myself to do that mm. and not connect the guilt yes. to that. Yes. Because um, I think that's also where we kind of can, like – feel so like have this weird relationship is we're so restrictive or we think like I shouldn't just keep eating more, but you know, sometimes you just want to, like snack I and mean, you just want to like
1: indulge and i think that's okay too you know yes absolutely you guys i <laughs> this conversation is bringing me back into work um uh, so genesis and i work together mm-hmm. and then we would always oh, come yeah. to each other's room and then we would always snack together and yeah. it's always like candy chips yeah. like little little things yeah you're
0: always offer. you were always offering me stuff and honestly sometimes i didn't want it yeah <laughs> oh, but <yes>. i would <laughs> eat it because i'd be like but i key do want this pita champ like like not that i wouldn't want it sometimes i like I wasn't hungry, yeah. but you're like, take some snacks. And I'd be like, yes, yeah. like, let me grab some pita chips. Like I'm bored right now. I, I don't want to like, go back to my office. Yes, that's a
1: way of connection for me. Like culturally, yeah, I like, feel like- Food? Yes, yes giving food, yes. like sharing food is a yes, way of
0: connection. Yes, yeah. No, but yes, like, um, and it's hard, you know, like it's so much easier for me to say like, don't be restrictive, like mm-hmm. do this, do that. Um, So it really just, I think it takes a lot of like- connecting to yourself and knowing your your body's cues Mm. Um, and like just paying attention like paying attention when you're feeling full paying attention to like what's happening in your body Mm. Um, even with like certain foods even with alcohol Mm. um, I think that's a huge thing is this like drinking alcohol for the social aspect of it. Um, and then we kind of, um, neglect the signs that our body gives us after, Mm. you know, like after the hangover or even like on days that I just like, I'm not over drinking. I just drink a little bit. Mm. Um, I still feel some type of way the next day. Like my Mm. body is still kind of recovering. My stomach is hurting. Like I'm feeling a little, I know that they say like, um, with alcohol, you can, uh, start feeling a little depressed the next day Mm -hmm. um because of you know yeah yeah. so recognizing that too like am i actually like in the
1: moment yes i feel good Mm -hmm. um but then like i think that's so interesting the point that you're making about just what not whether it's good or bad mm -hmm. and taking out that label and just like being aware Um, and just thinking okay this is what i want this is what my body's telling me and taking Mm -hmm. away the labels of oh this is what i want and this is bad or this is what i want and this is good for me yeah
0: yeah yeah. and it takes me back to what i what i was also mentioning earlier we all have different body types Mm -hmm. you know so even um like one of the most recent things is like depending on your blood type is the type of diet that you essentially should be on so um even considering that like what when I was pregnant, I was trying to keep up with Nick's eating, mm-hmm. um, but I felt horrible all the time. Mm. Um, not just because I was pregnant, but I, I was like overindulging in like food that, you know, I was just trying to like eat just to eat. Mm. Um, but recognizing like my body type is nowhere close to Nick's body type, you know. Mm. Um, so the things that are that might feel good for him and for his metabolism yeah. don't for me. Mm. Um so also recognizing that like I think we're in set, we're because we are social at creatures and human beings, um we do so much comparison. Mm. Um, like, comparison of, like, spiritual practices, comparison of, like, um, diet, of body, of, like, careers, whatever it may be, that we get lost in what actually works for us. Mm
1: -hmm. And there's no one set way of being. There's, like, other Mm -hmm. ways, like, other ways to be – vegetarian other ways to be a mom there's multiple Mm -hmm. stories that exist and i think that's the beautiful thing so why is it that in our society there's only one dominant like story that's told of us Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that i think you're right i think that it's like with that dominant story i think that it's like little stories that's that's available and there's no one set way of being
0: Mm -hmm. yeah um and i love it because this kind of goes back to the question of like connecting with ourselves yeah um is like I guess like connecting back to your story. Yeah. Um, and it could tie into like spirituality. Yeah. Um, so like how do you, how do you find yourself to be spiritual? You know, like how do you um because your spiritual practices might be different from mine. Mm. Um and I guess that was always my difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if if your family is a dominant, like everyone thinks a certain way. Yeah. Um, and you may not think that way um that can be hard yeah Um, yeah that can be hard to navigate yeah absolutely
1: Mm -hmm. I think I'm I've been really fortunate with my mom and my grandma where they we all have like similar beliefs mm-hmm. um so you know if we were to tell stories about oh this this experience happened to us then we would just kind of give each other that space and honor mm-hmm. that story yeah um, it wouldn't be like oh that's weird or oh this is a diagnosis I think mm-hmm. it would just be on, like to, to honor that story yeah. so but my practice for spirituality I um I pray a lot mm-hmm. so praying whether that's saying thank you or praying whether that's like asking for something Thing. I like incense. Um, I meditate, and at the end of the day, when I'm having a really long day of just seeing clients, I always listen to like meditation music uh just to clear out any any energy that's with me and just to kind of like have a new fresh energy coming home. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important for me.
0: Yeah, I love that. <clears throat> and it reminds me, I think I like looked up the definition of spirituality a while ago. Oh. And um it I want the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things Mm. and so as you mentioned that it kind of it's it reminds me of this like um like I think spirituality is connecting to ourselves yeah um so that we can kind of like we're not looking outwardly Mm. to the material or physical things and we can get stuck in this like pattern of comparison or this pattern of like um attaching ourselves to the physical things Mm. that we lose this sense of self
1: oh you know what you're reminding of Mm -hmm. you're reminding me of this buddhist um it's this buddhist thing it's uh to control your wants basically and for that it's basically saying that with money with something like money i feel like there's always you can always have more of that. Mm-hmm. You can always have more money. And it's like kind of being in this loophole in this chase of money. Mm-hmm. But once you're kind of content with... Con- contempt? Content. 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 <laughs> Was it? Not content, Not contempt. Content. content. <laughs> it probably still sounds the same. On <laughs> um, I think it's saying that we should be content with what we have to not... Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think this is also a struggle for me because as humans, I think we're going to want more things, mm-hmm. but then, and that's okay. Um, but whether or not it's good or bad, it's not really necessarily like good or bad. It's mm-hmm. just like knowing that this is what we want. I yeah. don't even know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or
0: even like a balance, like having this balance of like, cause I get, yeah. even as you speak, I'm like, Oh, but is it bad to want
1: Yes, and it's not necessarily to control our wants, Mm -hmm. but just be like attentive to us wanting that, Mm. and not necessarily to like chase that, but just to kind of slow everything down.
0: Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 But I. Um,
1: Sorry. Sorry. No. Continue. But I also think that's like coming from a privileged position because Mm -hmm. then I think with families that um, are in poverty or that that is trying to care for their family. I think it's totally reasonable and justified that they want to just provide for their family.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or this like um, having this idea of if I have enough money, then I'll feel better, you know, or um there is this sense of like money with money comes freedom, Mm. like freedom to be able to do things, freedom to just like take care of things. Like even like being, um, being a parent and like thinking about daycare, like with money, like there would be that freedom of like someone being able to just like watch Mia all the time. Yeah. Um, so I, I so appreciate you bringing that part in because there, that is an aspect of it is like, um, and then money is also a way to feel stable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, having your basic needs met, having a shelter and food that comes with the privilege of having money. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be difficult. Uh, and I think going back to this, like um, the idea of spirituality, I think that's where like spirituality can help us um, balance um, and find meaning in our lives when maybe everything external is feeling out of balance or mm. unstable.
1: And I think that's so hard to do because mm-hmm. we live in such like a capitalistic society yeah. where every, we you know, we're always constantly consuming and I don't think we can get out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like when we're chasing money, what is it that we're giving up? to do that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah i've really been in this like um in the the like celebrity gossip side of tiktok yes um and so many people saying like the cost of fame is essentially like sacrificing um your soul at one point i've
1: heard of that you know so
0: that does bring me back to that like you can get to this area or this like dream or a place of like having this overabundance of, like, money, mm. but at what cost is that for you mm-hmm. spiritually?
1: Exactly. Um,
0: yeah. Dang, that's so good.
1: Deep. So Hashtag good. Deep. <laughs> Hashtag
0: deep. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there like we're coming to like the end of our
1: episode? This was so fun. Yes, I I had so much fun. I feel like this is like natural a natural flow. Yeah. So thank you, thank you for having me. I really had fun. We're just like thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah. Is there a way I always ask this? Um, is there a way that people can find you, learn a little bit more about you, yeah, or to get
1: connected with you? I don't have – I'm working on a professional Instagram, Mm -hmm. um, but right now I am a therapist at Gather and Grow, and so I have, like, little blurbs there. So you can find me through Gather and Grow OC or Psychology Today, but, yeah, I think that's that's basically it. I'm working on an Instagram. I'm working on a website. So many ideas, Mm -hmm. but it's just hard to – to get it out. But I'm yeah. putting
0: it out right now that it's gonna yes, happen. Yes,
1: it's gonna happen. happen.
0: Yes. Yeah, so if you are looking to connect with new, she's a phenomenal therapist, a licensed marriage family therapist. You. Um you can connect with her on psychology today. I will put that actually in the link so it can they can just go directly to your profile. And you can find her at Gathering Grove if you would like to work with her
1: for mental health. Thank you, thank you. Yeah.
0: Hola, hola. Welcome to Cafetera and Healing with with your your Latina Latina therapist therapist besties. I'm Michi Ruelas. And I'm Genesis Montealegre. We're marriage and family therapists. And this is a podcast where you can hear conversations about mental health, relationships, cultura, and so much more. Welcome to like our spinoff of like Please Expand podcast. If you are coming from
1: that podcast into this one. Yeah, I'm so glad that we decided to do this. I think that it was such a good time having doing the episode with you, that we talked so many times. I'm like, oh, that was so cool. And so I'm glad that we're finally pushing into like discomfort of like, oh, what if we do this together and like try it out? And I don't know, it's like really exciting too. Yes. You know?
0: So come along for our ride because <laughs> we don't know how it's gonna go yet. It might be a little wild. It might be a little um, raw and unfiltered. And and fun and fun it's and starting. also like let's talk about the hard stuff you know like let's talk about all of those mental health topics in this like mental health crisis that I think the world is having but also this like moving towards uh learning more and self-awareness and wanting to do the work
1: yeah and like really emphasizing like a meaningful aspect to this and I think that's something that we were talking about like a couple of minutes ago of- integrating this professionalism and like our expertise as like therapists but also bringing the reality of our personalities of it just being like fun and like kind of like quirky too you know and mm-hmm. how that's kind of how we are as therapists and how we are as people and so really meshing the fun but also the serious and the things that have to be spoken about
0: yes